So I was telling you about online Scrabble that I got back to it because like I really got into it at the beginning of the pandemic, so a year ago. And like I was playing like last March, April, I was playing like 20 people at like at once. And my ranking was really, really high in the, in the Scrabble online app thingy. And then I just, I stopped playing for eight months. And so my ranking now is kind of low. And I'm trying to get like the motivation to like get obsessed with it enough so I can um, go back to my previous glory days. But like, I don't know, n not enough people are challenging me. And I only got one like um, bingo so far. A, a bingo is when you use all the, the tiles. So I'm a bit rusty and it's worrying. So. Nah, you'll get there. You're you're probably if you keep at it, you're probably gonna become a world champion, top ranked Scrabble, and you're gonna win. You're gonna gain a lot of money from Scrabble. Watch me become Beth Harmon of Scrabble. <laughs> <laughs> Queen's Gambit season two, Scrabble. No, yeah. Hello, everyone. This is Hello. shit talking. Uh, I'm Marcy. I am Pedro. This time you didn't you didn't uh, introduce myself. You didn't I didn't introduce me. Yeah, I didn't introduce you because I I felt like today you deserve your own agency. Um, how do you feel with it? You you really woke up today and and said let's give this guy his own agency just as yeah. a treat. I really woke up this day and I was like okay I'm gonna give Pedro some rights. How do you feel with them? Do you feel empowered? Uh, I feel very empowered. I feel empowered like Jennifer Tilly in uh, today's theme, the Chucky slash Child's Play film series. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I actually, I, I kind of feel like it's a, it's a series of two series. Like you have the Child's Play trilogy that kind of uh -huh. follow Chucky uh -huh. versus Andy. And Absolutely. then you have essentially a Jennifer Tilly powerhouse which is Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky and, and I kind of see them as separate but within the same universe yeah absolutely like they follow each other like they're all sequels sequels to each other but there's definitely like um like you know the, the original trilogy and like these two weird genre bending meta um campy films with Jennifer Tilly, the introduction of Tiffany, uh, Chucky's wife. And we actually didn't watch these, but the, the ones later on in the series, which we should get into. Um, mm, just not today. Like, I yeah, think five's um, enough. Yeah, perfectly. Yeah, more than, more than enough. We cannot release a three-hour-long episode, Pedro. The last <laughs> one, which was two hours, was already stretching it. Uh, but yeah, like Curse of Chucky and the other one I think is Cult of Chucky, mm, like yeah, sort yeah. of introduce new characters. And, and then, then those new characters will be in the Chucky series that mm -hmm. is being developed right now. And so we probably, we probably gonna get around to that series when it drops. And so then we can watch the, the other episodes in the series. Great, great yeah. idea. But yeah, yeah, I was gonna say like, um, so the other two movies sort of, you see, like grown up Andy come into the come into play also, so like every like all of it crosses over, and like one of them takes place in like 
an abandoned old mansion and the other in like a mental institution and they're also very good this entire yeah. series is amazing we are big fans of mr chucky we are big fans of mr chucky we are big fans of dan mancini who wrote all of the films and started directing them starting i think with the seed of chucky and yeah and also like with the bride of chucky um it's the first one to be released on DVD directly. Like yeah. uh, all of the child's play, child's play films had theatrical release, and with the arrival of Jennifer Tilly, we are entering direct to TV cult moment. Not so much like a proper films, I'd say. However, I do think Bride of Chucky is the best thing. We have ever made as a human collective and i will die on that hill bride of chucky we will cover them chronologically but like just to just just to put it out there bride of chucky maybe the best movie ever made it is i mean it's not maybe it is the best movie ever made i mean we'll get to it we'll get to it so it all starts in 1988 uh when little boy andy really wants a doll a good guy doll and boy does he get one <laughs> <laughs> so in the opening to this film we see this like the police chasing this serial killer named yeah. uh, Ch uh yeah charles lee Holy charles shit, lee ray yeah it's charles, charles lee ray, ray exactly and he has the most iconic look i should you know he looks like the kids on tiktok he has long hair and like this uh, dramatic code and he just looks like like neo-gothic and he's really into voodoo and stuff and it's, he's just all, all an out icon and this rude cop kills him because he has been strangling some woman like whatever and then you know charles is desperate he doesn't want to die he's not ready to you know face that question of what happens in the afterlife so he transforms, uh, not transforms, he um, transplants his soul into one of the dolls in, in the shop. Yes. And then uh, the one and only Chucky is born. Chucky being, of course, um, sort of a, uh, um, another version, like a diminutive version of the name Charles. So very cheeky there. And then our boy, our boy Chucky the the silly devil chucky ends up in little boy andy's house and uh shenanigans ensue yeah at first they're besties like they keep on like gossiping and just you know you know how like besties especially like children besties are they're like inseparable they tell each other everything they're basically one person and then andy is a little bitch and he snitches on chucky when chucky <laughs> very rightly so kills his annoying nanny which you know i the thing about this series is that like except for one death in child's play three i am so happy to see every single character murdered because they so deserve it yeah most of most of the characters that end up killed in the most like dr dramatic of ways are like definitely do deserve it yeah they're so annoying like i'm they deserve it especially like you know how in have you watched hannibal the series yeah um, yeah i love hannibal yeah, yeah yeah so like you know how hannibal usually just kills people that are rude and then like stages their 
corpse in a way that reflects their rudeness but also like makes their body into um you know a piece of art and so in in that way it he transforms hilva and so in a way he transforms these mediocre people into something worthwhile i feel like chucky essentially is doing the same thing he just um has less finesse uh when it comes to it yeah chucky is not exactly what you would call a genius but he is a legend and we love Chucky. We Chucky, love Chucky is a is a dastardly uh, doll. He's a dastardly being. But apart from one film in the series, like we cannot help but to root for Chucky because mm-hmm. how can you not? Like it's a little doll who has the voice of like a middle aged man who seems like he chain smokes all day and, squ- and like uh, swears in every sentence. It's it's like the peak of comedy, honestly. His laughter, his laugh. I'm gonna sample his laugh in the editing booth all over this podcast. You're all you <laughs> listeners are gonna have to hear the Chucky laugh all over the shit. I do not care. <laughs> and <laughs> and you will be thankful for it. Honestly, I wish I could like, I wish I could have Chucky's laugh as my ringtone on my phone, but Apple won't allow me, so I I can't. But wait, I could I. I could sample it as my like alarm clock, so maybe I'll just do that. <laughs> no, but yeah, Chucky just essentially, um, Chucky just doesn't want to be a doll anymore. He wants yeah. to have a body. And the thing about the voodoo magic in the universe is that he can only transfer. Um, again, he can only transplant his body. Uh, if that was a trip. He can only transplant his soul into the first person he revealed himself to. And in the first movie, Child's Play, it's Andy. And so suddenly from besties, they turn into frenemies because Chucky kind of wants to kill Andy so he can possess his body and, you know, do the old serial killer thing all over again. And the also, like, what I find very uh, funny is that for the majority of the film, of the first film, Andy gets blamed for all of the Chucky murders. And it's just so funny to me because I'm going to out myself here, but I find child killers fascinating the same way I find couples <laughs> that kill together fascinating. And it's just so weird to me because that's not the way kids kill, like when they do kill. Like kids either kill their parents or guardians. Or they kill other kids. That that's essentially it. And so it fu- I find it so funny that like these cops just jump to the conclusion that a six-year-old kid just uh, randomly kills like homeless people that are <laughs> they're fun- finding shelter in this like abandoned building. Like y- you know what I mean? It's just like. <laughs> but then again, cops in America not exactly the brightest uh, of the sort. Am oh I right? God! And like. Speaking of cops in America, like the worst character in this movie is a detective who's like He's trying so to solve like the 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 killing of the nanny that Chucky ended up um, ended up murdering, and all of that, and sort of gets um, involved in the whole uh, scheme of things with Chucky and Andy and Andy's mom, yeah. uh, and he yeah. sucks. Like, he's so boring. He's so boring. He's such a cop propaganda cop character as well. And yeah. what I find the most infuriating is that Chucky attempts to strangle him twice. 
and like you're on the edge of your seat because yes he's gonna kill the fucker and then the cop survives and he's not even dead by the end of the movie which is just tragic and no we hate him we're only lucky that he doesn't reprise his role in later installments no but also non-ironically the chucky theme from the end of the first child's play holy shit Oh my god, it's it's so fucking good. It's so like, um, I've listened to uh the um, this theme all week, leading up to this, and there's like um one of my favorite rap groups, uh, Three Six Mafia, sampled Mm. the Chucky theme onto one of their songs, and it's like all like horror focused and about like killing people. It's so much fun to listen to. I need to show you that one. Like I'm obsessed with this scene send it to me send it to me i will listen to it but like yeah no amazing however i think i mean child's play in a lot of ways is very iconic but i don't think it's exactly up to par to what's coming later i think what do you think no like when it comes to to, to, like the rest of the series Mm. yeah no no this one definitely fits the whole vibe of this like late 80s like star of the franchise type um movie it's like it's like spooky it has synths on it's very 80s very hades horror movie Mm. but like when it comes to the the rest of the series i feel like something like the soundtrack of bride of chucky for example it's like full of like new metal and like alternative rock it like fits the the whole like cheeky um Mm. campy vibe so much better yeah because like what I find interesting is that usually when you have horror franchises, especially the ones that like served in the 80s, 90s, usually the first film is the best one. Like You can get like gems later on like with the Nightmare on Elm Street, but like when you think holistically of the movie and themes, usually the first installment is the strongest. Yeah, and like here... Halloween. Halloween scene, yeah, definitely. yeah. And here, I, I I don't think so. Like, I think the first one is fun, but it's just, like, not murdery enough for my taste. Yeah, it's pretty good. Like, it's very entertaining. But when it comes... Because this is a series that completely gets more and more creative and whacked out as it progresses. So, like, the latter ones are so much more interesting. So, this yeah. I'd, I'd be comfortable to say that this is, like, my least favorite out of the ones I've seen. Mm. Maybe, I don't know, maybe, like, Cult of Chucky, the, the the most recent one, is my least favorite. But since we're not covering those, like, doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but also, yeah. like, I think where Child's Play, the original one, fails a bit, is that they kind of try to make it into a serious slasher movie. And you can't really... Like, I think you can make a series, like, uh, ghost horror with a haunted doll. Like... You know Annabelle stuff like that. Like I think that that can work. I don't think you can make a serious um, slasher movie where the killer is a doll. You know what I mean? It's like it's automatically funny, and I think this like the whole franchise is the strongest one. It really like gets into the campiness and like yeah. metafiction and just um, like the comedy aspect of, of it all. I think that's where when the strongest films happened. Yeah. However, like before we go into the campiness, I, I, I there's something that I think would be fun for us to try to b- big brain about. So as you know, like horror uh, is essentially embodiment of social uh, like social fears of a given time. So like when you had Elm uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, it's about like 
people realizing that child abuse is a thing and that it can <laughs> it can really mess your kids up and so like it it's manifested in those films and in the case of the second nightmare on elm street movie which is also one of my favorite movies is all mm. about um uh, homophobia and yeah. self-hatred and repression and all that yeah because it also ties into the uh, satanic panic because like the 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 America of the eighties and the nineties couldn't really believe the statistics the statistical truth that when a child is abused it's usually by either another child or a, like their parent or their guardian like it's quite rarely a stranger but the satanic panic was essentially no it's the kin your kindergarten teacher or that will weird lesbian like you live next to because like they're queer so obviously they <laughs> worship the satan and they're sexually abusing your children and whatever and i think that's like portrayed maybe not beautifully but it's like portrayed well when those films are like people are afraid of this thing but like they tie it to queerness and that's a reflection of the satanic panic from the 90s and mm -hmm. so my question is what do you, what fear do you think child's play is trying to portray I, th I think that the ideas of, like, the deeper themes behind, you know, Chucky, like, at mm. least in the first three, get more clear as the trilogy, the Andy trilogy progresses. Mm -hmm. So, like, in here, you have, it's it's a very bare-bones slasher film, where you introduce, it introduces the lore, introduces the characters, it introduces, like, and one of the... Uh, elements that I really like about this movie it's actually like towards the ending where Andy um sort of af after everything you know um is quote unquote solved for Andy mm. um like the final shot of this movie is like this freeze frame where you see Andy walking away from Chucky and like you see his, him turning his head and then it freeze frames it and he has like fear and doubt that's like gonna linger inside him and the trauma mm -hmm. from that experience with Chucky is gonna linger throughout the entire series. So like, I, I really do think the first film sort of introduces well the idea of sort of dealing with essentially a child's worst nightmare, which is something that's that close to you and trying to be your friend, essentially trying to kill you and take over you. Yeah, um, and also I think it's interesting that like in the first film, Andy is uh, is being raised by a single mom who's a who's a working mom, and yeah. because his father has passed away, so he's dealing with that trauma. And I think like with the Andy trilogy, like each film kind of showcases a normalized uh, societal condition that can be very traumatizing for a kid, and so. Like, this is not me bashing, like, single parents, but, like, um, because she's also a working parent, that kind of anxiety and being home alone a lot can have a neg negative impact on the child. And then in the second film, Andy is in foster care, which um, unfortunately is oftentimes very traumatizing for the children. And then in the third movie, he goes to a military school, which yeah. is yeah. very traumatizing, like... <laughs> Yeah. I don't want to get too much into my anti-military sentiments, but, like, military is essentially state-sanctioned abuse. And um, it's very clearly portrayed in the third movie. So I think also, like, Chucky is a stand-in for, like, like, various degrees of childhood trauma. And like you said, yeah. like, by the end of the trilogy, 
the Chucky might be dead, but like the trauma lingers on and Andy will have to deal with that for the rest of his life. Yeah, Andy is for sure a troubled child. Like poor Andy, he goes through so much. Um, but also, so but also, I think the other big theme that's like lingering throughout this entire, mm. at least this trilogy, is sort of about consumerism and corporate America, which mm. is especially dealt with like as the series progresses, because like, you know, Chucky gains the sort of like increasingly gains the consciousness of like the uselessness and the expendable nature of being a toy that is essentially like made to be forgotten and like left in the corner to, and like left in the dust and you're essentially useless and and then you have to and you and then his entire purpose is to take over and like trying to like take his take like humanity back and sort of have a soul again um, yeah and also because of the mass production of the good guy doll chucky dies at the end of every film but like because of mass production he can be very easily reborn at the beginning of the next film yeah very good point yeah that's like some sort of meta commentary on the nature of like <laughs> like the fabrication of toys and yeah like manuf- the e- yeah. because like i hate like sometimes when you talk to people like a lot of them will like blame technology or that you know they will blame these objects that, like they are destroying our humanity or i don't know they are like turning our kids brain to rot or whatever and like no if there's anyone to blame here it's the companies that have introduced this model and like i think the chucky series clearly shows us like if we didn't have this like insane level of mass production then chucky wouldn't be reborn you know and like the the evils that he represents in the series would die as he dies but because like we're so focused on producing more and like creating profit chucky just comes alive again and again and again Mm -hmm. yeah yeah definitely that's a very good point um yeah let's talk Uh, about let's talk about one of my favorite characters from the series kyle Yes, introduced in the second movie, Child's Play. The second movie, yes. Uh, She is essentially Andy's foster sister, I guess. They live in the same foster house with Sarah Palmer as their mom and, like, some. I don't even know what his name is and I don't want to know douchebag dad. Yeah, Sarah Sarah Palmer from Twin Peaks uh, is uh, in the Chucky series, which is very good because like this is like the late 80s like early 90s so this woman was about to do twin peaks Mm -hmm. and then like starring in the chucky series so you know she has an all-timer career legend legend speaking (laughs) also speaking about connections with twin peaks um jennifer tilly has an uncredited uncredited role in the doors and uh kyle um mclachlan Mm -hmm. yeah yeah he plays um, the keyboard, uh, the keyboardist in the Doors, and so like oh, it's shit. all connected. Yeah, I mean like I didn't recognize him at first because he was blonder, and I was like, Oh, I've never seen the Doors. I, I didn't know that. That's so cool. Yeah, I mean, and obviously we we have the Bound connection, and then the Showgirls connection. Like all the legends, they they play together. They, yeah, yeah. They play together. No, but yeah, we have Sarah Pol- uh, Palmer. And she's lovely. She really is. And she has a terrible husband, which unfortunately is a pattern for a lot of women. So, like, representation there. 
And um, and yeah, so they decide to take in Andy because his mother. So you're talking about like to people that the doll she bought Andy for his birthday killed people and so they were like hmm she's unhinged we have to medicate her and put her put her in an asylum and so Andy is in the foster care system and he's placed in this family and Chucky follows him essentially yeah uh Chucky uh wants Andy back like he's no I'm gonna get this human body whether anyone else likes it or not I'm gonna plow through anyone else to get it which leads to some very funny scenarios especially when the dad gets completely murked in the basement and the dad sucks like he may be the worst character in the entire series no i don't know if the yeah no that's true i I tried to give him some rights but then like i remembered his behavior and i was like yeah yeah, no he's the worst the detective is a very close second but i think that the dad the foster dad is the worst and like you root for Chucky to kill him for like half of the movie and then he just does it and you're like thank you Chucky like I love fun service but yeah, yeah he just he makes him fall down the stairs and break his neck and it's very iconic and then he like literally stands like a few feet away from the dad it's still it's still Sarah Palmer and like I guess just blinded by grief she blames him and sends him away and i'm like how how do you think he did it you know like how how do you think physics work <laughs> do you believe in telekinesis now yeah there's it makes no sense that everyone sort of blames andy because yeah. like obviously no one's gonna believe andy that chucky the doll is trying to um work people because which you know also leads to the de- to the further deterioration of andy's mental health because nobody believes mm. him yeah, but um, also with the foster dad, like, it clearly looked like an accident. Like, it, it wasn't like with other deaths where, like, you see that they've been worked. With with the foster dad, it really looks like an accident. So, like, it makes no sense that Sarah Palmer would just jump to the conclusion that Andy killed him. You know, but then again, like, you, you shouldn't pay too close attention to logic in these films. <laughs> 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 that That will save you a lot of energy. No, but yeah, and like, essentially, because Chucky is still hellbound on getting a human body, because he doesn't want to have this, like, plastic shell. He wants to have a shell that lives. And also the thing with um, Chucky being trapped in this doll is, like, the longer he stays in that body, like, the more that body becomes human-like. And, like, at some point, he will get to a point where he cannot, um, like... Um, transplant his soul into an, uh, into Andy's body, and so he Chucky's kind of he's very efficient and he's very work focused because he knows he has a very tight deadline and he really wants to meet it. And so in Charles uh, Play Part Two, the the showdown is in the Good Guy Doll Company manufacturing um, site. I guess that's yeah. where the showdown is. Yeah, and yeah, which is great. Of, it's a, such a with, great showdown. Oh my god, it's such a great showdown. It also has one of the most fun deaths in the in, in the whole series, at least in oh my opinion. Oh my god! When yeah. the uh, when the factory worker essentially has to go on the assembly line to fix like the 
like the machine that plugs in the eyes of the dolls and then Chucky um, essentially trips him and so the guy <laughs> like is impaled <laughs> with the with the plastic eyes and it's so fun and it's so well done it's like right in the eyes like boom like get get stabbed in the eyes by plastic eyes the plastic eye machine yeah. it's such a funny visual oh, i love it it's such a goofy he kind of he kind of looks like with the plastic eyes he kind of looks like um like the alien race from they live by carpenter <laughs> <laughs> like and um yeah, the, the 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 climax of this movie is so much fun. Like this this factory like assembly lines, like all these different machines. It's just like it's essentially like this playground for like inventing kills. Mm. It's it's so much fun. It's it's so creative. But also, um, the legend herself, Kyle, is there, and we have to talk about Kyle. Uh, yeah. Oh my God, Kyle. Kyle is the cool bisexual older sister, essentially. Yeah, yeah. She's the cool bisexual older sister. She's full of wisdom. She smokes, which we know is kind of bad, but at the same time very aesthetically pleasing <laughs> to look at in the movies. She's just she's the coolest. She believes Andy. She goes uh, out there to help him like kill Chucky. There's that iconic scene where Chucky holds her hostage and she drives that um uh station wagon and he's like faster and he's like no the police is gonna like stop us and then like i don't care oh god <laughs> it was so fun and then like she ah oh, you, you you gotta see it like also like i know that for whatever reason i kind of don't understand but like i know that a lot of people are very sensitive and they can't really watch horror films you you should really watch Child's Play. Like they're not scary and no, like they no, no 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 not at all. They're, they're more goofy than anything. They're very goofy. They're very fun and also like even though they're supposed to be gory, it's like late eighties, early nineties gory. So like it didn't age well. Like no, like it aged well in terms of aesthetic, but like you won't be fooled that like stuff is really happening there. So like. Even if you're a squeamish person when it comes to horror, I really do recommend watching definitely Child's Play 2. I think from the Andy trilogy, that was my favorite one. It was the most fun. It had Kyle, yeah. who, who's yeah. reprising her role in the new Chucky uh, TV Hell series. Hell yeah, the Chucky which is TV very series. exciting. The Chucky TV series just sounds like such a blast. Like, all the, the originals are back. The, like, Brad Dourif voicing Chucky. Oh, like get Tilly, you get um the guy who plays Andy, you Alex get Alex Vincent. Yeah, Alex Vincent. Uh you get Kyle, you get uh all like uh Don Mancini being involved. Like it's gonna be such a blast. Like fall twenty twenty one, you bet your ass we're gonna be there watching that shit. Exactly, exactly. And also like um Charles Play too, when we were back in the factory there's this iconic like maze scene that is shot in the same way that the maze sequence in The Shining was shot. Yeah. And you have just like all these like small like references to Kerbic stuff, which is just hilarious. <laughs> and yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. What, what was your favorite bit from, from the second movie? 
No, definitely the climax in and like the assembly line and the fact the doll factory, like the the different ways that Chucky gets like burnt and gets melted. It's so much fun to watch. The practical effects are oh, chef's kiss in this movie. Yeah, yeah. No, and also I feel like the 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 Child's Play series just um makes a very strong argument where practical effects are much better than CGI. They just age very well. Yeah, they, they just look so visceral and, like, textured. It, yeah. It's, like, there's a lot of crap. And these movies, like, for what they are, they are definitely incredible technical achievements. Like, it's I mean, awesome. like, the animation of the doll itself is just very impressive. And also all the, like you said, all the practical effects just... You know, even though the goriness isn't like, you know, you won't mistake it for real life gore if you watch it today. But like, it's still, it's very well done. It's very aesthetically pleasing. And it's just, I will die on the hill of practical effects over CGI. <laughs> like, yeah, I understand that yeah. certain effects you have to do with CGI. But like, I think that practical effects, especially in horror, just age so much better. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, uh, I I definitely say I don't I don't know which one I like more, Child's Play two or Child's Play three because transitioning into Child's Play three mm. that also has a lot of elements that I like and that I think are so much fun. I think the only reason that I prefer Child's Play two to Child's Play three is that Child's Play two doesn't have the forced heteronormative romance. <laughs> oh yeah, like I, I loved. Okay, so in Child's wait, Play wait. three. In Child's Play we, 3... We uh, have to start Child's Play 3 correctly. So we have to talk about the iconic opening sequence. It's just... Oh, it's, you're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's modern art. It's what it is. Like, I kid you not, shots of that opening sequence could be hanging in the mat and people would be like, so moving. Like, it's it's so aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> In in the way that just horror movies today just aren't, mm-hmm. like you do, you don't get insane visuals like you do in this like opening credit scene and like the opening scene in general. Yeah, I mean, like I I do think that we are slowly but surely getting a horror movie renaissance uh, today, but like you don't really get a lot of comedy horror and you don't get a lot of like cheeky horror like we get a lot of cool social horror yeah i get a lot of like elevated self-serious horror which can be good sometimes but also you know light up the mood a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. like i i love stuff like i don't know hunting of the hill house and i love what jordan peele is doing like i love that shit but I, i think like horror is such a just versatile genre i feel like we should bring it all back not just you know like a a small part of it but yeah no the the opening sequence just so aesthetic aesthetic (laughs) me struggling with vowels part two too vowely to survive yes (laughs) uh no but like um so to explain to you kind of how the opening sequence look like uh looks like it's so Chucky gets melted at the end of uh, Child's Play 2 and Child's Play 3 uh, takes place eight years after Child's Play 2 and so they're essentially removing the body of Chucky which is very bloody like even though it's melted and everything there's still blood there and the company because it's evil 
uh, <laughs> despite the terrible press, wants to start selling the good guys. The company, even though it's very evil, wants to start selling the good guy dolls again. And so they start up the, the factory and they start mixing the plastic that they use for, you know, the doll. And some of Chucky's blood gets it like gets into the melted plastic. And so then in the opening sequence, you just get to see that blood mixing with the plastic. And as the plastic is uh, solidifying and slowly yeah. being turned into a doll. And it's like set against a black uh, backdrop. And it's, it's just so aesthetically pleasing. It looks like a Metallica album cover. Like a good yeah. Metallica album cover. That, yes, that's kind of what it reminded me. Yeah, yeah. For sure, mm -hmm. and um, and sort of, and after that, you get also one of the reasons why I like Shells Play Three as much as Shells Play Two, and mm -hmm. it sort of go back to to what I was saying, what we were saying uh, beforehand. Like you really get Chucky explicitly murdering the corporation CEO that makes mm -hmm. the good guy dolls, because like, fuck you, corporate overlord, you do not own me. I am. I have a soul and I will get a human body and you will not um, render me useless as uh, as a doll, as a useless yeah. toy. So I will murk you. It's so much you fun. Will, you will respect me. You've made me and now you will respect my power. And then he just stabs him to death and I just love it. Also, I find the fact that like Chucky primarily stabs people very interesting. Uh, in primary stabs and strangle strangles people very interesting because uh both stabbing and strangling are um according to pathology very sexual ways of killing people and so you can just like feel his sexual frustration I mean, because he's in this yeah. plastic body <laughs> and he cannot if, if there's one thing we know about chucky and it's definitely get dealt as we progress into bride and seed that definitely uh gets developed more chucky is very horny <laughs> Very horny. He's this adult man that's probably given like our basic knowledge of uh, sociopaths. Like he probably only can get off when he, when he kills someone or like right after he kills someone. And so he's stuck in this plastic body where he, he can like uh, <laughs> kill people. So like get do the activity that gets him off, but like he cannot release it. So he probably has the bluest of balls by the end of Charles Play 3. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> this shit's so good. But yeah, like Charles Play 3, since it's like eight years later, Andy is now 16 years old. He's very like traumatized. Praise, I would like to praise the casting director because uh, mm -hmm. for Charles Play 3, even though it's said, like in the universe it's eight years later i think it came out in the same year or like very quickly uh, yeah like, like a after, year year after yeah and so they obviously had to cast a new actor to play a teenage andy and they cast like he looks exactly like alex vincent like the casting yeah. director of that film should get an oscar again i think there should be an oscar for casting like it's such an important part of movie making it, it gets completely ignored moving on also uh, andy as a teenager gives me big tom holland vibe like when he like has is in the military and cuts his hair yeah i think so but also beforehand i i, I the thing i really like about this casting is that mm -hmm. Andy is just not suddenly this very stereotypical teen guy 
Mm. He is very not effeminate, but he's you can tell that he has like a lot of complexity, a lot of sensitivity to him. Which yeah, given he... Andy's history, like raised by a single mom and like all the trauma he's been through, you can definitely see in the way he talks and the way he acts. And like that's very good casting detail. Yeah. He also has a pretty high pitched voice. Like mm-hmm. he's not squeaky, but like it's definitely lighter than what you would expect from a boy his age. And I also really like how in the movie he sort of gravitates to either female characters or like more effeminate males. Like yeah. you see that he doesn't he clashes with this like toxic masculinity that is um represented in the film by the older students that are sort of i don't know lieutenants or something like they're a rank above andy and his friends and no yeah the casting of andy teenage andy top notch we we love to see it i i wish more teenagers were so accurately cast i'm looking at you riverdale and cw productions listen uh let's not this the future podcast subject riverdale that's one of the greatest shows ever made Um, (laughs) but um but the thing i also really like about the first part of this movie and before we get into the, the shoehorned uh, teen romance thing. Mm. I love when the dynamic between uh, Andy and um, the girl, uh, the uh, Silva. Christina. Like, Christina, Silva. yeah, yeah. Christina yeah, Silva. Um, like, I love the dynamic because right away you don't get the feeling that there's going to be, like, romantic tension yeah. between the two. It's, like, genuine admiration by andy for her which is something that you really don't see often in yeah. movies sort of but like male characters it. looking up to but like yeah i it, they definitely butcher it they make it sort of like a stereotypical teen romance but i thought that was very interesting the way they set up for the movie sets up their relationship it's based on like mutual admiration and not like you know sort of imbalanced or anything because yeah, it's true. essentially I mean... her that sort of like teaches andy the ways and like how to stand up to like the older um toxic masculine guys yeah i mean like listen the problem i have the problem that i have with the romance is that they're just so clearly both gay (laughs) yes exactly exactly (laughs) like she is so gay like it's she it's almost so explicit. gay <laughs> she is so gay at one point she like sneaks with her friend and i was like oh are we gonna get a lesbian moment and then obviously we're not getting a lesbian moment because that movie is from 1991 uh and like you know and this is not me going to like the stereotype that like the uh, effeminate men are automatically queer but like there is some something about him that like gives me queer energy which there's is why... something there's something about the whole dynamic between him and her that gives me like i don't know like it gives me like a big mentor dyke and like a baby queer and the dyke is like guiding the baby queer into like self-acceptance and like being sure of who they are and like standing up for themselves it gives me that and then like suddenly they're kissing in the woods and i'm just like what yeah it's it's a turn that doesn't make much sense to be fair yeah 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 and it was like also like i don't think anyone ever like looked at a slasher and went like you know what this film is missing teenage romance (laughs) like they're so unnecessary 
oh, we need we need to to, to watch Nightmare on Elm Street two down the line because there is so much to discuss about like feminine guys and we will um forced teenage romance in that movie i could <laughs> write a whole thing about that movie that mo- yeah but moving on um all in good time all in good time yeah but uh also uh in child's play part three because if you i don't know if you haven't googled it by now because you were so confused about what we were talking about essentially andy is like 15 16 and um he goes from one foster family to another and just ends up at this military school. Yeah. And Chucky follows him. And but because Chucky is reborn as this new doll, he no longer has to kill Andy. It's actually my precious baby Tyler that is the first <laughs> person Chucky reveals himself to this time around. And Andy is just trying to essentially protect Tyler from Chucky. But Tyler is um, a naive, sweet boy, and he just thinks that Chucky is going to be his bestie, which is understandable yeah. because Chucky's very cool. And at the same time, the toxic masculinity and its culture at the school prevents Andy from looking after Tyler because, as we know, looking after other males is unmanly. <laughs> yeah, God, these the God, the best horror movies really are about gender dynamics and sexuality, aren't they? Mm. For sure. I mean, those are the things that our society finds to be the scariest, you know? Like, yeah. especially if you want to dismantle it, then suddenly it's like, you're the Antichrist, and you, <laughs> you have to be portrayed as a very campy serial killer. Um, no, yeah. Um, what's also One moment in Charles Play 3, when I sort of started to dislike Chucky, is when he for no other reason than shits and giggles, decides to murder a working class trash collector who yeah. did nothing wrong. It's, it's he pure did malice. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he did nothing wrong. And he just has, he, he just, like the guy that plays him just looks like the loveliest elder man. And Chucky just kills him. And I'm like, Chucky. I'm like, I'm all here for it when you murder <laughs> douchebags, when you murder, like, annoying ladies, when you murder evil CEOs. Like, I'm here for it, you know? Like, I will cheer you on. But we do not kill hardworking people that do a job that is very necessary and is seen as, and is seen by most people as lowly and undeserving and just they ridicule these people like no i will not stand for it chucky be better <laughs> chuck we have we need to have an intervention mr chucky yeah, however to be fair he gains points in this movie he loses them for murdering the 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 nice uh, working class older man and mm. and for gaslighting uh poor sweet tyler but yeah. He definitely gains points for murking the creepy hairdresser in the academy. Oh Can we talk God. about that guy? <laughs> also, like... what? He is so cre- he is so creepy. He gives off this huge like pedo vibe. He's Wait. essentially there to oh, like God. because like obviously military you need to have a basket and he's there to like cuddle the like these boys here. And he's just so creepy and predatory about it. And I'm just like, for what? Like, like I already no. know military is evil. So, like, 
what is the point <laughs> the way he like like the the guy the boys are having lunch in like the cafeteria oh no and then he steps in like while they're eating and starts grabbing their hair and saying hey you you need a little trim we'll schedule it on monday and then just like throws them away <laughs> like what the fuck is wrong with you dude I don't know. I, I mean, it's like I'm. I'm sure there's a very specific trauma that made him be like this. But yeah. also, what I find so hilarious is that he has long hair. <laughs> he cuts everyone's hair, but he has long hair. <laughs> he yeah. doesn't have the military cut. And also, obviously, he um, uh, when he explains, you know, the history of military cut that like it started out in uh, ancient Roman times that the Romans cut their hair so short so like no one could yank them in battle and like mm -hmm. that's um I don't want to say that's a lie because you know that was a millennium ago I could be wrong but like from what I remember in my from my history classes first of all Romans like the army wear helmets so there's that second of all they didn't really cut the hair so they wouldn't like the enemy forces wouldn't yank them like catfight style and uh, they cut them short for hygiene because you know army's yeah. not really great <laughs> with hygiene <laughs> especially when you're marching across the countryside uh, in a world that no longer doesn't have running water you know like but yeah uh, he's just he's so unhinged in the bad way <laughs> Yeah, he he's just disturbing, and I'm very glad that Chucky completely murked him with the scissors. But yeah, um, the the climax of this movie is also really fun. It's based in like this whole theme park thing. Mm. And also, I think it, like it speaks volumes uh, about like military culture because um, the climax of the movie happens when the school is having war games. Yeah, and. Tyler is on the, the red team and Andy is on the blue team and essentially Andy is like fuck this bullshit I'm just gonna go there and make sure that Tyler is okay that Chucky doesn't murder him because again he cares about other human beings and like all the military guys like the higher ups like the upperclassmen are like how dare you disrespect this like sacred war like what, what are you doing like oh they like get really into his chest and like you can just see this culture of like our little ego game is more important than the safety of a child and i think that tells you everything that you need to know about yeah. both toxic masculinity and military culture yeah, this movie is like weirdly progressive about it too. For I mean, a, movie... a lot of horror, a lot of horror is usually quite progressive. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Especially horror and science fiction are not seen as like, you know, serious genres. So they can get away with a lot of shit that, like, for example, a melodrama uh, wouldn't be able to get away with. Like, um, the first interracial interracial kiss on TV happened on Star Trek. Oh yeah, Star Trek was like very progressive for the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like no one takes that these genres seriously, so you you can get away with like leftist agenda, just like this show. <laughs> yeah, I mean no one's gonna take us seriously. I mean God, <laughs> no, one's, no one's gonna take us seriously, so we can like be very vocal with our leftist agenda. <laughs> and like, um, yeah, and. For a movie that is essentially has like a cop savior character in the first one, 
as the series progresses, this gets like more and more anti-authority and more anti-cop, anti-corporations. It's very and we fun love to watch. it, and we love it. Uh, but yeah, so like we said before, when we were discussing the themes, the Andy trilogy ends with Chucky dying once again, and Andy just sort of moving on, uh, aware that he's gonna carry that trauma in him for the rest of his life. Enter Jennifer Tilly. Yes, and to introduce Jennifer Tilly, I would like to quote Miss Nicki Minaj. Go off, King. In the song A Monster by Kanye West, she says, Mm -hmm. Well, I'll say Bride of Chucky is child's play, just killed another career, it's a mild day. And that's exactly what Jennifer Tilly does to everyone on this movie because she just kills everyone and she just kills it and she delivers the best performance in the history of film jennifer tilly is a queen (laughs) she's a queen i love her i would love to one day be in a vicinity of her to be able to breathe in the same air as her would be enough but also just the way tiffany valentine is introduced as a character yeah she, she essentially tricks a cop into giving her the remains of chucky Mm-hmm. And as the cop is going through the like evidence locker lockers, we also see glimpse of Jason and um, is it Mike from Halloween? Mike, right? Yeah, Michael Myers. Yeah. 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 So we see glimpses of that. So like, hello multiverse. And then when like she's supposed to pay him because she bribed him to do it, she just slits his throat. And she's wearing the most iconic leather dress, and she like just goth walks. leather dress, like goth it's so leather cool. dress, and she just walks out of that like uh, warehouse with this a uh, black trash bag, <laughs> and she's just walking like a Victoria's Secret model, and she's just. And the iconicness never stops. She steals every single scene she's in. There's not enough words to describe now, how perfect she is. And like, it's this is the second time she shows up on this podcast because she was on the Cinderella movies too. It's like, we might as well rename ourselves the Jennifer Tilly uh, <laughs> Stan podcast because my God. And we also need my to explain... God who tiffany valentine is because she it turns out this is a very um interesting piece of lore that gets added Mm -hmm. to the chucky series so she if i'm correct was the girlfriend of charles lee ray yeah who was then abandoned you know obviously he was killed and he turned into chucky and she was abandoned and she's like hunting down yeah she she was trying to get his doll for a decade because um a bride of chucky is set in 19 98 and charles lee ray dies in 1988 so like on the one hand she's kind of trying to move on with her life but the thing is also that right before charles lee ray left and got killed he strangled a lady with a very nice ring and he left it it supposedly in their shared apartment and so uh, tiffany assumes that Charles Charles was about to propose to her and he just happened to have died and that's why she's so yeah. set on uh, bringing him back because like she wants to get hitched she really wants to have a family and um, to quote her 
She can kill anybody, but she will only have sex with a person she loves. And I love her. <laughs> the whole like uh, the whole first twenty five minutes of Bride of Chalky is just cinematographic masterpiece. Like her purple, um, what's it called? Camper? It's a camper. Is that? Camper? Yeah. I yeah, so. her pale, her purple camper, her weird ass boyfriend that she just uses <laughs> as a sacrifice I'm, I'm for commenting this. I need to mention this. Like, the boyfriend really looks like a reject from the Italy Eurovision band. Yeah, the man is. He he really looks like a cheap ass version of. Uh, I think the vocalist name is yeah. Domenico or Damiano something. Damiano, like that. Like, yeah. Damiano, yeah. He really looks like a cheap ass version of Damiano. And let us just like for one moment praise this year Eurovision because the juries were really like battles in French, not battles, Jesus, ballas in French. That's what the people want. And the people are like, no, 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 we want gay rock and weird Slavic techno folk. That's what we want. Easily the two best songs of Eurovision were Italy and Ukraine. God, Ukraine was so good. Ukraine was so good. I also really liked Finland. I think they really had a good yeah, number. Yeah, those, those guys were fun. Yeah. Iceland was unhinged, but in a good way. <laughs> Iceland, I it, it was so much... That, that song is so sweet for no reason. And, like, um, France, well, to be fair, the ballad from France is actually really good. However, the Switzerland one, they were trying to make the winner at first. Ah, oh, God. I mean, the ah. ballad from... Uh, the ballad from France is like it, it's a good song, but like the girl that was singing it on the stage, she was giving me nothing. Like you know, like that, like the camera work during that performance was doing all the work. To be fair, yeah, to yeah. be fair, and like so, like it's a solid song, very poor performance, and like the Eurovision Song Contest is like kind of also focused on the performance. I don't know. I'm really happy Italy won. I think it's well-deserved. I really like the song. I really like the band. They have two very good albums out. Um, go stream it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no. He looks he looks like a, a Maneskin reject. He has a terrible fake tattoo. He's so cursed. <laughs> He's so cursed. He's so bad. And Chucky kills him, rightly so. Um... Yeah, essentially Bride of Chucky is a, a relationship drama because mm -hmm. it turns out that Chucky was not ready to commit to Tiffany. In yeah. fact, he was the opposite of ready to commit to Tiffany and she doesn't take it well and she decides then like, you don't want to commit to me? Fuck you then, I will buy you a doll and I will imprison you in this like we weird crib that like is sort of a draw. Yeah, and but then like Chucky's like fuck you, and essentially kills Tiffany kind of, but then transports her soul into the doll, and so now we have a killer couple doll combo. And it's so funny. It, they're so dysfunctional, but they're so entertaining to watch. And like it gets established that like Charles Lee Ray slash Chucky was an abusive boyfriend, mm. and like. Which, you know, very uh, Joker, Harley Quinn thing going exactly. on there. Um, I, I might post that fun art. It's really good, but I don't... I, I, can't, I have to check who, who Credit the it. artist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Exactly. I'm the patron of the arts. 
we are the patrons of the arts. Uh, we are the patrons <laughs> of the arts. Uh, no, yeah, they have a very dysfunctional relationship. But like throughout the film, Chucky kind of warms up to the idea of commitment, and at one point they come to a point where they admit that they love each other and that they only we that they really understand each other, and that's when. Um, Oh god, we have to explain Catherine Hegel plotline to get to that point. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, so a parallel to all of this insanity, we also have like these two teen lovebirds who are like trying to escape home and it's like all like in the classic like teen uh, getaway yeah. escape thing to live on together and yeah, be rebellious. And <laughs> And similarly to Andy and the Andy trilogy, they get blamed for all the murders that Tiffany yeah. and Chucky commit. It's so funny because, like, essentially you have these two very, like, bland, innocent, stereotypical teen lovers who are essentially, like, you would expect in sort of a movie like this for them to be killers. But at the same time, you have, like, the parallel to that. You have Chucky and Tiffany, like these two dolls in their car like wrecking shit and killing people all over and having the time of their lives and then like blaming the two teens who have like done nothing it's it's so much fun it's so much fun and then because essentially Chucky and Tiffany go on the road trip to get to the place where Charles body was buried because suddenly to transplant the soul you need this talisman that Charles had on his neck when he died which was not a point of the plot in the previous three films but then again don't pay too much attention to to the plot or, or you lose your mind and so they trick these teenagers to go on a road trip there to retrieve that necklace and on the like during the road trip for some reason the the teenagers decide to marry each other yeah. which i'm not even sure if that's legal but like they do that <laughs> and they have shitty their... abandoned church <laughs> so funny. At shitty abandoned church and they have their honeymoon in this like terrible motel with a waterbed yeah. and in a room adjacent to them there are two con artists that essentially just like um steal their money and tiffany doesn't like that because tiffany really is like a whore with the heart of gold like that trope like that's yeah. tiffany and so she's like i'm gonna teach them a lesson and so she goes into the con artist room and they're having sex and you have a basic instinct nod where they have a mirror <laughs> on the on the ceiling that's and tiffany <laughs> and tiffany just takes um their champagne champagne bottle throws it at the ceiling and then the couple is impaled with the shreds of that mirror and that's when Chucky realizes that Tiffany is the love of, love of his life and they consummate the relationship they have sex and uh, there's a uh, there's a very funny exchange where like Tiffany's like do you have a rubber and Chucky's like I'm all <laughs> rubber honey it's and so Tiffany's good like, I thought you were plastic and like they continue to have unprotected sex, which will have dire consequences later <laughs> on. Um, 
Chucky's such a shithead. Oh, okay, but like <laughs> the scene where like Tiffany murders the, the couple who are having sex on the waterbed is so good. Like, how did they come up with this? Like, the mirror breaks and falls on top of them and gets pierced, and like the waterbed gets like explodes in like a mixture of water and blood. It's like this huge grotesque spectacle. It's so beautiful. I don't know how they come up came up with that. I'm it's just so jealous amazing. that I didn't came up with that. You know. <laughs> It's so good. I didn't um, come up with that. Jesus. Ah, no, it's so good. And also, but um, as they getting closer to the graveyard, um, Tiffany and Chucky do have a falling out, and like all of the toxicity and dysfunctionality of their relationship just kind of comes to the surface. And essentially, Tiffany comes to the conclusion that like Chucky's not good for her. Yeah. But they do belong together, just they should both be dead, you know? Like it's it's very sad because you and deep down, like she knows that Chucky's not good for her, but she in a very sad moment she sort of realizes that you know, she doesn't value enough she doesn't value herself enough to like sort of break away from Chucky and she's like, No, this is my fate. I we're destined to guy to die together and that's my life mm. and that's all I am to you. Yeah. All we are to each other. It's very sad. Know... Tiffany, you deserve better, Queen. <laughs> exactly. No, but do you know what I find very interesting about the dynamic of Tiffany and Jackie? So when you have like real life couples, romantic couples that kill together, so like um, uh, Myra Hindley and Ian Bradley, or Ken and Barbie Killers, or um, um, The West, Rose and Fred West. It's, the pattern usually goes that like, it's the man that incites the violence, but it's usually the woman that ends up being more cruel and abusive. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I'm not saying that's the, the pattern with every single couple that kills. Um, but like, I think it's just like very interesting that like in this case, it's Tiffany that has more humanity in, in a way. It has more... Like just overall perspective of an, on everything and on herself and on the true nature of Chucky as a person mm-hmm. and yep. it's kind of giving me Macbeth and Lady Macbeth that like on the one hand at the beginning of the play Lady Macbeth is the one that like entices him to reach for that power and like commit the taboo but and he like at first he's like no we cannot do it you're gonna get caught but then like he gets addicted to the power of that and just like the freedom that comes with that position and lady macbeth after the deed is done is like through her empathy that she i think she was kind of like detaching herself from in order to pursue power is just kind of crushed with the realization of like the consequences of their deed and she also just like becomes depressed to the point of mania with just how um unwashable that sin is and unwashable that relationship to that man is within her and i think in a lot of ways tiffany is like that yeah uh shout out to lady macbeth and Saoirse Ronan, who's playing Saoirse her in the play, Ronan. apparently. Oh Holy shit, what? yeah. Wait, why does it have to be September? And why does it have to be London? Fucking London, again. Fucking again. Okay. But, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm still recovering from the teeny trauma, to be honest. Yeah, like, at this point, we're never gonna know. But yeah, we're never we gonna know. We nev- we're never gonna <laughs> see that money. We're never gonna see that boy. 
uh, rest in peace. <laughs> okay, yes. Now, as we said, the the plastic sex does have dire consequences. Yes, and... it does. <laughs> <laughs> and we get and the titular seed. The titular seed of the final movie that we're going to talk about today uh, is the, the, the cliffhanger of Bride of Chucky that Tiffany presumed death suddenly is presumed dead suddenly gives birth to a plastic baby hell yeah hell yeah and the movie just ends it's so good okay bride of chucky has to be one of the greatest movies ever made this is just like absolute insane right the soundtrack is so good like you get living dead girl by rob zombie just blasting through in the beginning as jennifer tilly is like um, working a cop and like stealing Chucky, it's it's so fucking good. I just I, mean, I love every single aesthetic decision put into this movie. You know how you have albums that are skipless. Uh, yeah, yeah. Bride of Chucky is that album as a film. Like, there's not a moment that is missed. There's not a moment that is wasted in that movie. And honestly, like, you watch it and then suddenly it's done like you don't even feel the time passing it's so good and it's so engrossing i think it's the best one from the series honestly easily i think i love seed but this is i mean seed is very meta it's seed is very fun and just like jennifer tilly playing herself is just amazing on all all another different level however as a movie experience i think bride of chucky is just it's, it's it's more too solid. good yeah and yeah. like i don't know we didn't oh we didn't even talk about like the shitty cop who gets absolutely just murked twice in this movie because like yeah he ends up like um uh like his head's like full of nails at first so it looks like um pinhead hellraiser. from hellraiser yeah, yeah and then um yeah, it's Hellraiser. And, and then Hellraiser. he gets, and and then he gets like stabbed mul- multiple times by Chucky while they're in the car again, and it's so satisfying to watch because that guy's a dick. Ah, oh, this movie delivers us so much. That guy is such a dick. That movie is such a cathartic. Cathartic. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> that movie is such a cathartic experience. Like honestly, it's just ah oh, amazing, top to bottom, amazing shit. Seed of Chucky. Seed it's of very Chucky. meta, and I. Like, if you were... Okay. I totally understand that if you listen to us talk about this movie and you've never seen it, that you will not believe us that this film exists. No. This movie does not... Like, this is one of the most ambitious movies. And most... <laughs> like, I, I, the things that happen in this movie, you really don't believe them until you see them. Like, yeah. we could... Like, as you listen to this, we could be making all of this shit up and you'd probably believe it because it's so outlandish, but it actually happens. All of this actually happens in this goddamn movie. How is this movie real? I cannot I cannot believe this. I kind of I, I kind of have a feeling that Seed of Chucky is just a mutually induced acid trip. <laughs> like this movie has Jennifer Tilly playing herself and also playing um uh, Tiffany Valentine, the doll. It mm-hmm. it has a non-binary child, the seed of Chucky, a go- Glenn slash Glenda. Glenn slash Glenda, yes. Who's very... Have... <laughs> was like, very canonically non-binary, because like... Literally, there's like this, yeah. There's this one scene where um, Tiffany and Chucky are fighting, essentially, about whether Glenn slash Glenda is a girl or boy, and so like, very maturely, they decide to 
pull her, uh, pull their pants down and there's nothing there. <laughs> there's no genitalia. So it's a plastic doll, but also like I don't know, the way they expect it for there to be genitalia is really funny. I mean because they have genitalia, right? I mean they I mean, they conceive. I mean true. I mean I hadn't thought of that, but that's very I true. I mean <laughs> even during their fight in Bride of Shaki, she's like who wants a plastic stick when they're used to having a wood? So like I assume that they do have genitalia because yeah, goddamn, that's it. cursed. But like, but at the same time, <laughs> like there's this there's this entire scene where it's like, no, Glenn is a boy, and Tiffany's like, Glenn is a girl. I want a boy. I want a girl. And then um, Glenn slash Glenda, Glenn slash Glenda has this like James Dean moment where they're like, you're tearing me apart, and then. <laughs> This is like, I want to be a boy, but I also want to be a girl. Why not both? And that's like, that actually happens in the movie. And that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, because there's also like, a, um, like for the most of the movie, Glenn slash Glenda is more like um, masculine, I guess, in their expression. But then there's like one scene when they like switch into this hyper femininity. And that's when they go batshit crazy. <laughs> oh <laughs> but- God, like they dress as like tiffany as their yeah. own mother it's so good it's very um it's very bates motel it's very norman bates you know yeah but god there's so much that happens into this in this movie so like from the beginning god okay i i don't think we can explain this movie honestly <laughs> no okay so, let's try let's try let's so try. at first so, we see okay chucky and tiffany who are presumed dead are like being like we see them in action we're like okay how did they get back to life but it turns out they were in a movie about chucky and tiffany about like this urban myth that happens in the universe of this movie so in quote unquote reality jennifer tilly is starring as jennifer tilly (laughs) no like jennifer tilly is starring as jennifer tilly but within the movie in the movie she's starring as tiffany yeah yeah exactly (laughs) So Jennifer Tilly is playing Jennifer Tilly and also playing Tiffany in the movie Seed of Chucky, which in the movie Inside Seed of Chucky, she's also playing Tiffany. And she's also very salty oh that God. she has to play Tiffany because she doesn't want to have sex with a doll. And she's just like, she's very, I don't want to say insecure, but she's very upset that her career ha- sort of plummeted because uh, Jennifer Tilly in the movie follows the trajectory of Jennifer Tilly's real, real career. So like in 1993, yeah, sort of. I think. She was nominated uh, for an Oscar for Best Supporting Role for for her um, for her role in that Woody Allen film. They also have f- references to a definite future podcast material bound by the uh, by the Matrix sisters. I yeah, but the like, Wachowski sisters. We need to watch that one. We need to watch that one, and like it's just. But at the same time, it kind of also changes the reality of. Um, of the universe presented in the in the films because uh, Tiffany is obsessed with Martha Stewart, and in Seed of Chucky, Martha Stewart because she um uh, she evaded paying taxes and she was tried for that, <laughs> or even she, I think she even might have committed financial financial fraud. Anyway, she was convicted for that and she served prison sentence. But in Seed of Chucky, she uh she's on the death row. It's so fucking good. Like, how do they come up with this shit? I don't know. I don't. Know. And also, um, this the titular seed of Chucky, 
uh, so Glenn Glender, he starts out living in England uh, as um, he's essentially a slave to this wannabe uh, what's the name? Valinor what's the name? I don't remember uh, but like he's essentially like I don't know it's like a circus puppet or something yeah, yeah so uh, he, he Valinor Chris? wait let me let me check it <sighs> why English has vowels is beyond me it's so unnecessary Valentroquist, sorry. Yeah, yeah Valentroquist, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so essentially, um, Glenn slash Glenda is a slave to this wannabe Valentroquist that just doesn't want to do the work, so like he just has a puppet that is alive. And then one day, on um, when he's watching TV, they're promoting the film that they're making about Tiffany and, um, and Chucky, and Glenn slash Glenda sees is that uh, Tiffany and Chucky have the same made in Japan thing burnt on their wrists, which is again something that was not present on the dolls up until that point. And also very funnily because they have the made in Japan thing on, on their wrists, uh, Glenn slash Glenda thinks they're Japanese and he they yeah. even speak Japanese yeah. at, at certain points in the film. And so he decides to like escape his enslavement and like travel all across all across the California uh, to meet his parents. And um, yeah, and then he essentially has to summon their souls into the bodies, and he does that. And then he's terrified to find out that his killer, that his parents are serial killers, and he's yeah. not really cool with that. Not really. There is so much in this movie because while all of this is happening and this whole family drama about like Chucky wanting the kid to be a killer and Tiffany like not wanting to be a killer in the war. So there's like family tension, the huge melodrama mm -hmm. because of that. But also at the same time, Jennifer Tilly as Jennifer Tilly like wants to kickstart her career again. At the same time, she wants to try out for the role as Virgin Mary in a movie about the Bible directed by the rapper Redman playing himself. What is this movie? <laughs> I mean, it's also a very poignant portrayal of um, misogyny in Hollywood. Yes, yes, it actually is. It has like a lot of like genuinely interesting things to say about like um, being an aging woman in Hollywood and suffering like misogyny and having to like sort of endure a lot of like abuse from directors and producers to sort yeah. of like god this movie is so much and self-objectify yourself essentially yeah. to yeah. get the parts that could jumpstart your career or like save your career it just like this inferno essentially of like catch 22 scenarios so, like you have to do this but like you're essentially selling your soul um in yeah. that and also, Seed of Sharky has another very iconic opening where you're essentially witnessing the the conception of Glenn Glenda. <laughs> and it's very... I, I might be talking shit, but I remember in one of my seminars during my second year of uni, we read this short story by, I think, uh, Barf, where he mm -hmm. describes the like the action of conception, like the, the sperm spermatozoids like swimming to get to the egg like in this very dramatic and poetic way as this like journey 
and whether the journey is worth it and whatnot. And that just reminded me of that. And um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's all I want to say. It's, the it's the opening very, credits are insane. <laughs> they're insane. The, the whole movie is so unhinged. It's just, there are not enough words, I think, to describe it. They're not, there's not a good enough adjective to just describe how crazy the seed of Chucky is. And, um, you really have yeah. to experience it for myself because it's like meta commentary on Hollywood and also a family melodrama and also a gender identity crisis drama and also yeah. of like it's about and then yeah, Jennifer Tilly I... gets pregnant like by voodoo from Chucky and Tiffany. It's, it's so Twilight much... Breaking Dope Dawn <clears throat> Part 2 where yeah. it's like you get pregnant the second day you're in your final trimester <laughs> and also um you know even though chucky is the least likable in this movie like he really turns into your asshole dad that you know yeah, is it's, quite it's very abusive it's very, it's very interesting, interesting. <clears throat> but at the same time it's the first film where he accepts that he prefers to be in this new body and like forgoes this notion that in order to have a worthwhile existence he has to be in a human body which i think is a very interesting point yeah it um sort of maintains this trajectory of the um, the progression of the character of chucky sort of accepting that like charles lee ray's like and is now chucky just a stupid doll but also at the same time it's a, a movie that's completely different from all the others in the series and also, it's really interesting how you have Chucky as this asshole abusive parent. <clears throat> um, you know, he was already an abusive boyfriend to Tiffany. And, yeah. like, not like the sort of asshole dad who doesn't accept the kid for being who they are. And yeah. uh, meanwhile, Tiffany is this very understanding mother. And then at the end, you, have, you end up with uh, Glenn slash Glenda sort of killing Chucky to protect Tiffany. It's, like, such a comp really compelling family drama but all with cursed looking dolls it's so fucking funny what i find very interesting about chucky is that like he's a very cool character but he's a terrible boyfriend and he's a terrible dad and that makes me think of like some men that i know or even just some people that i know that like as a friend as an acquaintance they're super fun but, like, the moment they become a partner to you or a person that you're supposed to rely on, they cannot deliver. And that, to me, is Chucky. Chucky is a great friend to go to a pub with or, like, watch films such as the Chucky series. But, like, he's not a guy you want to settle down with or he's not a guy that you want to have for your parent. Yeah. Yeah. Chucky, not a good guy. Checking out a good guy, Jennifer Tilly, we love you. We stand Jennifer Tilly forever. And yeah. Forever. More Chucky yes. to come in the future? More Chucky, probably more Chucky to come in the future, especially since our queen, Jennifer, is involved. So we, we are legally obliged to check that out. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we hope you found, found this entertaining. Um yeah do you want to say anything to the void that supposedly listens to our voices um stan jennifer tilly watch the chucky series and yeah till next time what what are we gonna do next time 
Is it uh, Glee? It's Glee. It's Glee. Oh, yeah. It's random. Oh, yeah. It's random episodes of Glee. What you have to understand about Glee is that um, Pedro watched the whole show. I only watched. I only watch Diana Argon compilations, <laughs> so we're gonna come at it from um, quite different angles, but it will be fun. It will be and fun. And we'll also have a guest for the first time, from what I <gasps> Yes! Also, um, our intro uh, is composed by that guest, by our lovely Antonio. Yes, He yes, did an amazing job. Um, we are forever grateful that he is in our lives, and yeah. Uh, till next time, I guess. Bye. Bye.